The yearbook sets out the framework of the way the League dealt with minority rights. The first thing it does is it lists the documents that set out those rights, and they are the peace treaties, the treaties that ended the First World War, signed around Paris between 1919 and 1920. The First World War was ended on a basis, allegedly, of national self-determination. The principle of national self-determination implied that it was possible to have an ethnically homogenous country with its own language, its own institutions. In practice, of course, in Eastern Europe in particular, it was far more complicated than that. And the successor states to the Austro-Hungarian Empire all included national minorities. And those minorities' rights were guaranteed by the League's covenant. But it's quite curious to see what those rights actually were. There weren't the sort of very broad and universal human rights that we expect in the post-1945 period. They're quite specific, a lot of them. For example, although we have equality before the law and the equality of civil and political rights, which one might expect, coming from a 21st century perspective, we also have, for example, a right equal to that of other nationals to maintain at their own expense charitable, religious, social or educational institutions. And indeed, we also have in districts where there is a considerable proportion of the population belonging to the minority, instruction in the state elementary schools will be given in the language of the minority and a fair share of the sums provided by the state, municipal or other budgets for educational, religious or charitable purposes will be assumed to the minority. So there's a very specific, very detailed rights, quite unlike the sorts of things that you might find later in the 20th century. And immediately after that list of rights, we also have the next page, which says obligations of minorities. They must cooperate as loyal fellow citizens with the nations to which they now belong. And also, if they choose to petition the League of Nations, complaining that they're not being well treated, they must never do something in the form of a request for the severance of political relations between the minority in question and the state of which it forms a part, i.e. they cannot petition for independence, they must stay in the country in which they're currently put. So what we have here is a series of rights that are set up very much in the context of the political boundaries drawn by the Paris peace treaties and to preserve those peace treaties as the final settlement in Europe. But, as you might expect, there was quite a lot of petitioning activity in the 1920s and 1930s as people took their problems to Geneva to try and get the League to support their complaints against the nations in which they found themselves. One example I picked from the Times in October 1936. An editorial discusses a petition from Czechoslovak Germans, which is presented as a reasonable demand to have equal rights to primary education and to government jobs. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu forward slash iTunes U.